Hi, everyone. Before we get into the episode, I wanted to take a moment to address the Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe versus Wade. This decision stripped away the right to have a safe and legal abortion. Abortion is a basic healthcare need for the millions of people who become pregnant. Everyone should have the freedom to decide what's best for themselves and their families, including when it comes to ending a pregnancy. This decision has dire consequences for individual health and safety and could have harsh repercussions for other landmark decisions. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. Even if you live in a state where abortion rights are upheld, access to safe medical abortions shouldn't be determined by location, and it shouldn't be the privilege of a small few. You can help by donating to local abortion funds. To find out where to donate for each state, visit donationsforabortions.com. That's the number four. If you or someone you know needs help, or if you want to get more involved, here are five resources. One, Shout Your Abortion is a campaign to normalize abortion. Two, Don't Ban Equality is a campaign for companies to stand against abortion restrictions. Three, Abortion.cafe has information about where to find clinics. Four, PlanCPills.org provides early at-home abortion pills that you can keep in your medicine cabinet. And five, Choice.crd.co has a collection of these resources and more. I encourage you to speak up. Take care and spread the word. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Reality Is. I'm not sure if I'm releasing this on the Patreon or if it's on the main feed, but if you're listening to it, hello. I'm joined today with my brother, Raheel, for a very special uh, Miss Marvel-specific episode. We're talking only about Miss Marvel, and there was nobody better that we could have asked for to join us than Kendrick from Reality and Comics 2. Because, Raheel, you and I have been talking about this show on our Patreon for, like, as long as it's been on. Mm-hmm. But uh, you've listened to Kendrick break down everything. And it was... The most enjoyable 45 minutes of my life. Amazing. What? <laughs> yes. so special. Yes. So we're just so excited to have you here. First of all, you're, Kendrick, you're such a, a, a delight. And also you're such uh-huh. a, a, just like you have a, this wealth of knowledge. Wealth of knowledge. Is that the, yes. is that the term? Yeah. I think so. Right. <laughs> you're asking the wrong person. I say every idiom ever wrong. So. <laughs> I almost said you have such a breast of knowledge because right. I wasn't sure if I... There's, yeah. there's breath of knowledge also. It was supposed to be breath or wealth and together it became breast. Wait, you have since- a great breast of knowledge, frankly. <laughs> since about- we're talking about this, can I ask, is it run the gambit or run the gamut? Because I feel like I say either or interchangeable just hope no one, no one corrects me. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Which one is it real? I have no idea. <laughs> is it run the gambit? Or run a gamut. What's I think I think it's gamut. Run the gamut. Probably gambit is well no. I was about to say something. See, I was about to be all wrong. Okay. Gambit is the it. X-Men character. Yeah, right. I was about is. to say, I'm like, no, I'm thinking of X-Men, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's gonna come into discussion later today because uh-huh. uh we saw some of that leading into the finale so um yeah you have such you have such a 
breadth or wealth or breasts <laughs> of knowledge on yes. all comic book stuff. Uh, but specifically about Miss Marvel, um, it's just been so fun to listen to you dive into each episode and give us like little nuggets and things that, you know, us uh, basics who just watch stuff on TV and haven't read a comic book in ever. Uh, you know, like we can get so much information from you. So I want to talk more about the show from your eyes as well mm -hmm. as like just a, just as a person who is not me or real because like real and I have been talking about it on the Patreon and we, you know, have like really emotional, overwhelming feelings because we are Pakistani Americans and mm -hmm. we vibe with it in a way that uh, not everybody else is. But the general sort of fear that I hear from a lot of my friends who are watching who are Pakistani is like, I'm worried the show's not going to do well because I don't think that the show has jokes and things happening that everybody can relate to. I think it's just stuff that we're relating to. So I would love to hear from you. Like, what did you think about the show in general mm -hmm. and, and the character of Kamala? Like what was your relationship with her before the show started? So I'm a really big Miss Marvel fan in comics. Like I, I read a, you know, a lot of different comic books, but like I, she's one, I feel like I find her to be like one of the most enjoyable comic book characters. She's so relatable. Like, I feel like everyone, like in anyone has been like to high school. I can't, I can't say everyone. Cause I don't know y'all's educational background out there, but <laughs> you've been to high Real school. <laughs> right. He <laughs> couldn't tell you about run a gambit or run a gambit. He said, I just learned how to talk. He said, I barely yeah. read. Yeah, I call I call it titty of knowledge. Right. I, <laughs> I yeah. feel like I uh, I feel like that she's always been such a relatable character. She's just always so likable. She's really kind of like us in a lot of ways that like the people that read the comics obviously probably like big fanboys, fangirls out there. So like it's almost like her becoming a superhero. So it's such a, a cool kind of a little bit of a change that we're used to, but it's such a welcomed one. Cause it's almost like you could almost pick any of those people reading the comics and put them in there and kind of go on their journey with her. So I, I loved the show. I thought they picked the absolute perfect person to play her. Like, I don't think that they could have done any better. Like that was tens mm -hmm. across the board with casting. The, the show actually was casted almost perfectly. I feel like there's no one that I'm really like, Ah, you suck. But like, I feel like everyone, like everyone held their weight. So like tens across the board for me, I did a, uh, in my last episode, I did kind of a ranking of where the, uh, Disney plus shows kind of fall for me. And yeah. I'll be honest, it's hard for anything to beat WandaVision for me. One, because I'm yeah. like the biggest, you know, from comics, I love Scarlet Witch. She's always mm -hmm. been like one of my favorites. So it'll be hard for anything for that to beat. But like, I'd put Miss Marvel at number two, because I feel like overall, I feel like it was the most solid of all the shows in like every aspect, as opposed to like telling a complete story, like actually showing us how someone like learns their powers and like makes it believable along the way because every episode you see her like getting progressively better with these powers it wasn't just mm -hmm. like oh my god i'm a superhero i'll do a 20 second montage and now i'm the best in the world it's, mm -hmm. you know we actually like go on this journey with her and i felt like we learned i don't it, it's so relatable in a way that like i feel like if you're someone that says that uh no i just couldn't relate to the show or the character it's almost like Nah, then you didn't really try because I feel like there's something like in this show for everyone. Like I could remember yeah. like conversations with my parents about so many different things. And I felt like they would react the exact 
same way as Muniba would. So I'm like, hmm. I I relate to it. Like I loved yeah. it. So Miss Marvel overall was a okay with me. And I can't oh, wait for the Marvels now because I feel like we haven't gotten a trailer or anything, so we don't know what's going to be like in the Marvels. But mm-hmm. I feel like it all it like heightened my level for that movie too. Give us yeah. your rankings though of the Disney Plus Marvel Ooh. shows. Oh God, okay, let me kind of dig back because I said so. You want me to start from last and go first, or yeah. first to last? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So <laughs> I, I made it a point to say I'm not going to include What If because it's animation, so I'm, I'm throwing it out the window. Yeah. Number six, pretty controversial. I got attacked in my comments a lot. Uh, Loki <laughs> is my number six. What? <laughs> yes. Thank Loki. you, Kendrick. Thank you. <laughs> Loki, my number six. I I was pretty like vocal about it. I felt like it was a valley almost. Like started high, got pretty boring around episode two and three. Went back up, but then the finale wasn't a Loki finale. It was a Kang the Conqueror introduction. So it's like, yeah, I don't really, I, I don't know. It missed it a lot, but I'm, I mean, they're going to do a season two. I give it a mm-hmm. chance. I'm excited about it. I'll watch it. I like, it was a perfectly casted show. Like everyone mm-hmm. on the show I loved, but it was just, whoo, there were a couple episodes. Like it's hard for me to like, not to be like 100% invested in something, but like I rolled my eyes a lot during Loki. So, <laughs> you, you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm over that. Uh, Number oh, I hate ranking this one so low because I did really, really like it. But number five was Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was kind of a, you know, it really kind of took a hit because the original story they wanted to tell, like, really kind of coincided with coronavirus. So it's like, well, we can't tell a story about a a global pandemic about to happen when we're literally living through one and everyone hates it right now. So it suffered a lot, but I think we got a lot of good stuff out of that. And I enjoyed it more than Loki because it had great action in it. And I love anytime Mm -hmm. we get like Wakanda and Adora Milaje out there. Yes. Yes. My jam. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Ooh, number three and number four, I haven't really decided because I'm going to go do a a Hawkeye rewatch. But as of right now, Number four is Moon Knight. (laughs) Really loved Moon Knight because I'm I'm a huge Oscar Isaac fan. Uh, Rawr. (laughs) That part. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I, ooh, it's, I really, I really liked Moon Knight. The finale was a big miss for me though. And that was one, Mm -hmm. like the first times I was like, oh boy, that was, it was just a lot. Like visually, story-wise, it was a lot to wrap up and it was just like a lot of stuff thrown at you at once. And I was like, I think I actually had like another episode planned for that week anyway. So I didn't really have to recap the finale and I've never been happier in my life. I was like, I don't want to just get on here and (laughs) drag this show for an hour. So I don't want to do that, especially me being a big Oscar Isaac fan. Uh, Number three was Hawkeye because it was Mm -hmm. around Christmas. It was good cheer. Like I liked it. It was was a fun show. Right. Had uh, Yelena Belova. Love her. Had we got a new Kate Bishop. Love her. Uh, it made me like Clint a lot more because I've always mm-hmm. found him to be pretty boring. So mm-hmm. good, good things all around. Uh, number two, Miss Marvel, and then number one, WandaVision. Yeah, yeah, mm. that's a great, that's great. Real, that's probably about your list too, right? Probably, I think I would probably have um, Loki higher than Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I think that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the thing with Loki was, you know, it was right after WandaVision, right? Mm-hmm. Um, WandaVision is still it's perfect it's like a perfect whatever six or eight episodes whatever it was right so good um, so when Loki started Loki has all of the elements like it has a perfect cast it has even like the what they're talking about the themes and all those things right mm-hmm. they're perfect like that's exactly what I'm interested in but 
it just had like no heart in it. Like I just couldn't connect. It's like the music right. is perfect, the visuals are perfect, but something is missing. Missing, and mm-hmm. I just and it made me like it. It made me turn on it more and more. But yes. I think yeah, the the rest of it is is pretty much the same. I think uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It was. It felt. It didn't feel. I don't know. At a certain point, I was like, if this wasn't a Marvel show, would I watch past episode three? Right. Uh-huh. This is. Like, you know, the stories in this are pretty basic. It's just like, you know, like any other, you know, it's interesting because um, it is Marvel and I have backstory with these guys. But overall, and I didn't know about, I didn't know that they shelved the original, the original storyline, which I just found out right now, which makes sense. now. Yeah. The the people, uh, what were they called in there? The, the flag, the smashers or whatever they call the flag smashers or whatever. They um they were supposed to like release this like what global. It is I'm so. Yeah. <laughs> they they're supposed to release like this whole like uh some kind of virus. I think it's supposed to be some kind of like uh bioterrorism kind of uh, uh arc where they yeah. released this to the world. It's supposed to be like this huge thing, but then they were like, "Well, we can't have a pandemic during the pandemic because it'll really bum people out when they're so happy to have Marvel back." So. I think they kind of scrapped that. Then they had to kind of like piece together what they could after they had already shot like so uh, much. So it kind of yeah. suffered. But I, but I am excited for Captain America four. I think that's going to be fantastic. Yeah. As long as they get a great director and great like stunt coordinators, I'm high hopes. High hopes. Yeah. Where is um like what's the next phase going to be? Because obviously there's uh Wakanda Forever Forever is coming out later this year. That's the only mm-hmm. other Marvel movie coming out this year, right? Mm-hmm. We've got like some other like. We got She-Hulk in August, and then we got like some. We got that uh, wow. Werewolf by Night, I think, in October, which could be good. I don't know, but <laughs> and then like we got Wakanda Forever, and then we have uh, the Marvels and Ant Man Three swap places. So Ant Man Three is in February, I think, and then the Marvels is like going to be the big summer movie for them. Mm. Oh, no, Mar- uh, the Marvels isn't coming out this year. I was, I thought it was coming out this year. Gotcha. Next year. But yeah. we might get something. Com- uh, San Diego Comic Con is this week, so we might get some Ooh. footage. Because we've mm-hmm. got no Wakanda Forever content no. at all. Nothing. That's what everyone's expecting too. Because we've got to get something. It's like they always do something like four months before the movie comes out. Like they do their first like teaser or something. So we're about that time. So give us something because I'm kind of fainting over here. Yeah, <laughs> struggling yeah. a little I- bit. <laughs> So I think, you know, thinking about like the MCU as a whole, I want to talk later about like where I think, like where we think the story of Kamala Khan lands, like where it sits in this world now, because now Mm -hmm. she is a person who gets to be part of the people that she idolized, Mm -hmm. right? So let's talk, but let's talk about the final episode um, a little bit. So in in the final episode, Kamala, all these things happen. She gets her name. She gets her suit. She gets her community by her side. We get her villain's kind of origin story with Kamran. (laughs) And, you know, she's she kind of turns into Carol. Spoiler alert. She turns into Carol Danvers or swaps (laughs) places with her something like that. But. You know, the episode itself was just like a, it was like the action packed last 35 minutes of a good Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. I found it to be really fun and silly and all that stuff. It had all the things that you love in like a teen show of the kids getting together and beating up the bad guys in high school. But like some of the stuff in the episode was 
it ended up being a lot more disturbing, I think, than they probably ever intended mm -hmm. for it to because mm -hmm. so much of the show is so much of this episode is is set around cops trying to attack children and families standing outside of a school trying to save uh -huh. their kids. I mean, that was like, I was like, what the hell? Like, this is, and they did a disclaimer in the beginning of the episode, but yeah. that stuck out a lot to me. Yeah. Um, but so I found that to be a little much, but I mean, and that, that's not at any fault of Marvel. That is at the fault of the fucked up society, world that we live in. Right? <laughs> yeah, the shitty, shitty world that we live in. But mm -hmm. some of my favorite things I want to talk about, we can all go around and talk about our favorite things from the episode. My favorite part of this episode was the fact that uh, there's these great scenes of Kamala. You know, it kind of ties the the relationship that she had with her parents. We mm -hmm. started the, the show with Kamala kind of being on the outs with her parents. Her mom doesn't understand who she is. You know, she can't get anything right. Her guidance counselors, like your, you know, minds in the the in the clouds. To now, she has her whole community, her mosque, her friends, her school. All these people are on her side, and her mom got her her outfit. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. so cute. It's so. Uh, it was so. It's such a nice closure on all the things that we felt like she was lost about in the first episode, but. Kendrick, what were some of your favorite things from this episode? Uh, I'll save the the obvious one for last because you know I'm a big X Men fan. Um, mm -hmm. I loved how they kind of they purposely like changed stuff from the comics to make it a lot more like I felt like I you know me watching as a black person there was stuff I knew that like wasn't for me but that like I can like so appreciate regardless like her mom making that yeah. costume was like chef's kiss like that was the perfect like little touch or change yeah. that they could have made mm -hmm. to like really like drive home like the family values of this show uh i love that conversation she had with her dad on the rooftop about how she uh how they came to name her and then ultimately like yeah. got her name miss marvel because it's not like that in the comic I, like i love that kind of stuff like if you're gonna change the stuff in the comics like make it mean something and they did it perfectly yeah. so I, I loved a lot this was uh, for, to me when I thought back about it, because they, I think Disney Plus has really kind of had a little trouble sticking the landing. Like they have like these great shows, and then like the final episode, you're like, eh, okay, <laughs> you know. So, but I feel like this was easily the best of the finales. Like I feel like they actually stuck the landing here. So very happy about that. Favorite part, though, you know, I'm born in '89, but I'm a child of the '90s. I feel like if you're a comic book person, then you have to say everyone, in, you know, as a baby of the 90s has the same kind of intro in the comics, which is the X-Men 90s cartoon. So yes. everyone loves mutants. And so, so when they when I heard that little sound in the background, when he said mutation, that uh, 90s cartoon theme music, na, I na, just na, like, na, na. yeah, I like <laughs> rolled off my couch. I was I'm, I've been waiting for the mutants to come to the MCU for so long now. Yes. And it's finally happening. And to think that Kamala, I. You could have, like, if I would have had, like, a million dollars on the line to guess where the mutants were coming in the MCU, I would have never in a million years thought it was coming in Miss Marvel. Like, I thought that they might have gave us, like, an Inhuman teaser or something. But, like, to get, like, that bold of, like, a, a retcon in an actual Disney Plus show, I was shocked. But for me, I know people have been, like, discussing online since the finale. Like, do we like this? Do we hate this? Because people love the Inhumans, too. I'm mm -hmm. so on board because give me give me everybody. I love the mutants. I love the mutations. Give it to me all. Make everything. <laughs> everything. I want it. 
So I want to ask real quick, what is what was the difference in the comic book with where she got her outfit and where she got her name? So Miss Marvel uh, in the comics, Miss Marvel. Uh, so Carol Danvers used to be Miss Marvel. So there's been like oh. kind of a different uh, like mantles in the comic books taken up. So like Captain Marvel, like she uh, Carol Danvers, was like the third, I think, Miss uh, Captain Marvel. So like there was uh, Marvel, who's a, originally a man. Uh, Tiana Taylor from WandaVision, who plays uh, Monica Rambeau, she was a Captain mm-hmm. Marvel in the comics, mm-hmm. and then it became Carol Danvers. But before all that, Carol Danvers was Miss Marvel, and so like her dad being her, uh, you know, being a big fan, she actually took on that moniker, and so it kind of all like that's why in the comics, people were like flipping out at the end of this episode because they thought that she had transformed into Carol Danvers. I think they switched places though, because yeah. just based on yeah, I think they switched places, but people were kind of flipping out because they thought that uh, they were like nodding to the comics where she ends up like kind of transforming. Like when the, you know, in humans, they have this thing called a Terrigen mist that like gives them their powers and stuff. So uh, she was like, everyone thought that like, this was how, uh, you know, she transformed in her, like it was showing like her shape shifting and that she can do in the mm-hmm. comics and all that kind of stuff. But I, my theory is I think Carol found the other bangle that they've been talking yes. about yeah. in this comic. So, or, or maybe the ten rings are the other. Ba- I don't know. I'm, I'm whatever they, direction they go. I'm all about it. Like I'm, I'm, hmm. I'm Shang Chi was like my other favorite, uh, <sighs> uh, Phase Four project that we've gotten. Shang Chi, WandaVision, and Miss Marvel have been like it for oh, me. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so yeah. yeah. So she basically for the uh, that she. Uh, I don't remember how she got the costume though. I got to go back. Ping me. I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna look that up because I don't mind rereading <laughs> comics like a million times. I don't remember how she got the costume in the comics, but uh, the name, yeah, she took up the mantle of Miss Marvel since Carol no longer needed it. Yeah. Oh man, I can't wait to see how. Well, we'll talk about where where Kamala goes in the mm-hmm. in the MCU because there is a bunch of stuff in this this uh, series that got me very excited for other for her being on screen with other um, other cuties from the Marvel <laughs> Cinematic Universe. Real, what were some of your favorite things from the finale? Well, so I mean, in the finale, and I think the show overall, right? Um, like you said at the beginning, like I don't think we're we're not just watching the show as just, uh, you know, as part of the MCU, right? We're watching this show because it means there's like other things that we're taking in. Like the cultural stuff is huge for us, right? So mm-hmm. right off the bat, like the stuff with the parents, I, you know, I can't even describe what that feels like to like, to see a girl get essentially, you know, in, in our culture, when girls get an outfit like that, it's usually when they're getting married or something like that, right? So mm-hmm. we're carrying all that weight with us. And then the scene with the dad on the roof, it destroyed me. Like, and, you know, (laughs) and, you know, so all that stuff, it's, I can't, there's no rational way for me to put that, you know, to to, to really think about that stuff because of how it affected me. Um, I I think just in terms of like the show, um, I I think I read this online somewhere where they said that they home alone the ending, you know, where, and I love a home alone ending where there's, where there's like (laughs) traps set up while somebody is attacking, you know how like the kids all... (laughs) All that. Yes. I love that stuff. Booby traps. Yeah. Booby traps. Oh. I think I said yeah. that actually. That's so funny you said that because I'm sitting here like, where did I think I read that too? And I'm like, oh shit, I said that. That's kind of crazy. <laughs> so, so yeah, so I love that stuff. And even at the beginning of that, right? Like there's this moment when they play this old Hindi song before, yes. what, right when the people attack and stuff like that. So what impressed me about the show overall in this episode and in the show overall is that 
you know, it is a Marvel show. There's comic book um, elements that they have to address, right? But, like, I just really appreciated, like, the audacity that where they were just like, you know what? We're going to deal with the comic book stuff, but you're also going to learn about our culture. And you're going to learn about our culture on our terms, right? So yeah. there are times when, you know, they'll make space for you to get the joke, right? And sometimes they're like, you know what? This joke isn't for you. This joke is for, for the people that know this joke. And that's perfectly fine. Yeah. So I think overall, that's what I love about this show. And I, you know, there are two things that, you know, you, you do watch these shows like in two different ways now, right? I think we're all so familiar with the MCU, but also with like the business of the MCU, right? So I know that there's, you know, just the fact that this show came about, it's a huge opportunity for these writers and these directors and these actors and stuff like that, because the MCU is like its own like form of media at this point. And the fact that these people got this opportunity and they knocked it out of out of the park and they did it, they did it while maintaining like their full like Pakistaniness and their full Muslimness, but also it was an entertaining as hell comic book show. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like like the visuals in the first episode with like the texting and just the things and the music, it's all just done so perfectly. So overall, I mean, you know, I just I loved all of it. Oh, so good. So good. Oh, I'm going to talk about the significance of all the songs that they picked out later. Um, but yeah, so so going back to what we were talking about earlier, where does Kamala Khan sort of fit into the MCU? I think one of the really cool things about Kamala that I love so much is it's not just that I relate to her. It's not just that I see myself on the screen. It's the fact that we've seen a lot of like superhero stories where you know, there are sad beginnings, you know, uh, what Tony Stark, it, we, he's kind of an asshole. And like, you know, uh, what's his name? I'm only calling him Chris Evans because my brain is not working. Captain America? Steve <laughs> Rogers? Steve Rogers. <laughs> Rogers. I wasn't going to call him just Captain America. But Steve Rogers, like, he's a skinny kid from Brooklyn. Like, he's, you know, like, you have these kind of, like, but, like, overall kind of sad stories, right? Like, yeah, Steve uh-huh. Rogers, he ends up becoming Captain America. He loses the love of his life. Um, or Spider-Man is Spider-Man, but he's being raised by his aunt because his parents have died, right? Like, we know all these very sad stories as being the beginning of Marvel superheroes. I love the fact that Kamala is just a kid and she gets to tell her parents the truth about who she is. We're not getting that tropey teenager, I can't tell you, blah, blah. She's straight up like, yeah, bitches, this is who I am. Like, I love the scene <laughs> in the beginning with like of this epi- of the last episode where she's like making the announcement to her brother. And then, <laughs> Patrick, you cracked me up the way you broke that down into your recap of the finale. Like the way he's like, <laughs> she's like, yeah, listen, um, yeah, I heard, I know already that like his brother, her brother's like, yeah, I already know because you know, mom talked to dad, uh, me talked to Abu, and Abu was talking on speaker, so I heard it, <laughs> and we all heard it, like. I just love that. I love that mm-hmm. it's not a secret. And I think that there is something really like lovely and refreshing that it's not just that Kamala is, Kamala knows. It's not just that Kamala knows who she is. Her family knows who she is and they don't just know they love it. And I think that that's such, uh, that's got to resonate with a lot of kids and not just brown kids, but like any kid who doesn't fit into their family gets to watch this now and say, there's a possibility for me to exist where I, when I once felt like a black sheep, perhaps there will be a moment where I will be accepted, right? Like, of mm-hmm. course, comics in general, like I'm sure you, and I. this is only 
spoken from a person who's only consumed it in like cartoons or movies or TV shows, mm-hmm. but um, they're for people who feel like they don't fit into society. I mean, that's what all of X-Men is about, right? Mm-hmm. And so to have this one moment in this show where it's like, no, you fit. You fit, yeah. you get to be this person and you get to be celebrated by your parents and your community is obsessed with you. They think you're uh-huh. amazing. And, you know, like the scene of the, the in the mosque of all the people like standing up to the uh, damage control people walking in and being like, no, we're not, we're not giving her up. Like that is, that stuff was so refreshing and so fun to see and so different for a Marvel show. Um but to the topic of where she fits in, I mean, she's kind of our only other teenager. Well, her and um, Kate Bishop, right? Or like, well, mm-hmm. Kate Bishop is supposed to be in college, I guess. But they're the only teenagers. Like, it's her and then Peter Parker, who mm-hmm. right now are in the in the MCU as like our, our kid characters. Could you imagine a movie with Spider-Man and Kamal Khan? I mean, she's in Jersey City. He's in New York. He's mm-hmm. in that's a that's two tunnels. That's yeah. it. Can you imagine them together? I mean, that would be incredible. I love that. I'm see, I I feel like there's so much connection between those two characters too, because even though like their still their backstories are pretty different, like you know, Peter pretty much like orphaned and has to, you know, live with his aunt or or uncle, depending on, you know, which universe it is. And then uh Kamala has this whole like family that we've learned about. They're still so similar because like every time I was watching this finale, I kept thinking like Man, this reminds me of like Spider Man Two, where like the whole community like refuses to like let anything happen to their hero because like you know the friendly neighborhood Spider Man. Now they've got Hard Light or whatever the terrible name was they had for it first, (laughs) and I like I love that. Like it's so, I love that. Uh, it's almost like kind of paralleling to like at some point we've almost got to have these two in a scene together, right? Like it almost makes it seem like it's almost inevitable, and I kind of love that. I feel like. Especially these two actresses, Iman and Tom Holland, I feel like would bounce off Ooh. of each other like perfectly. Electric. Give me that right now. Yeah, that, the, <laughs> those two personalities, I can see just mm-hmm. just them singing on screen. That'd be oh awesome. Yeah, um, I mean, if if my kids ever see Tom Holland do anything remotely Pakistani, they will lose their mind because my five year old <laughs> has told me that when he grows up, he wants to be Spider Man. Like the one on TV, like Tom Holland. I'm like, okay, <laughs> work on that. Um, in, I think it was episode three or four. I don't know which episode it was where we got to see where the we got to meet Aisha and Najma in 1942, British occupied Pakistan or India or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got that shot of the temple they were in and the Ten Rings. Mm-hmm. Where do you think like, you have any theories about the Ooh. Asian side of the Marvel universe? Because one of the things I think when we're meeting the Red Daggers that I loved is um, Waleed or Wally in, uh, in the Red Daggers. He said, yeah, we're called Jin, But, you know, if if people had met Thor in the Himalayas, they would have thought that he was a Jin too, because that is like mm-hmm. culturally, that is what we call the supernatural. Mm-hmm. And so I love that we're now exploring this other side of the world. But what are your thoughts about where, uh, how you could see Shang-Chi and, uh, and Miss Marvel together? Uh, this is what like excites me most, like about 
all of this because one, I, I love Shang-Chi. That's probably my, I think my favorite movie of this phase, but it's, I think it's cracked my top 10, like in the MCU. Cause I mm-hmm. love yeah. that movie so much. Love the action. Like you can tell he's doing a lot of the stunts and everything himself. So like, I'd love that. Um, my big theory has been, I don't know whether, um, I, I don't know. I almost feel like the 10 rings, like make up like the other bangle or something like it's gotta be connected. Cause when you think about it, Shang-Chi and uh, Kamala, both of them are really similar like in their makeup. Like she, uh, you know, Aisha, obviously another dimension. Uh, so like she's of this world, but of another world too. And then you have Shang-Chi whose mom is, uh, oh, what's the, I can't remember the uh, word. Uh, was it Taolo? I think maybe the word uh, her mom, his mom was from. And then uh, Wen Wu was uh, from Earth. So it almost, you know, it's, dimension then from here yeah. too so it almost seems like both of them are able to work their artifacts that they found because of uh like them being having a kind of a presence yeah. in both and so it, it it just makes me think that like i don't know if you remember at the end of shang chi like carol danvers and bruce banner were trying to figure out like what kind of technology this was you know they, carol's been all over yeah. the universe yeah. uh the hulk knows everything so they're both trying to figure out like what the hell is this why did we like hear this signal like what's going on and i i don't know i feel like these two items are like ooh. in the comics we have these things called uh the negabands but i'm not sure if that's the direction they're gonna go in because it uh the uh the original captain marvel in the comics he uses those like it's two bangles basically on mm. his hands and then he can like switch places with someone uh using Ooh. this thing called the negative zone so i'm like that seems pretty similar so that's why i think that like maybe she's found another bangle but i'm also thinking like i don't know maybe it's a bangle and then like the 10 rings they kind of look like bangles too so like maybe when you add them together on one wrist maybe they look like the other bangle i don't oh my know gosh. i know just so I excited it about it. <laughs> i know i'm excited i mean they mm-hmm. they definitely put that in because there has to be a connection why else would they show the 10 rings i mean hello. right that, there, there has to be a connection there. Also, I'm um, mm-hmm. thank you for clarifying that there it's a negative energy. So I was like, what did he just say about the Bengals? What are they? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had to make sure I was pronouncing it like as clearly as possible when I was doing my podcast too. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, just thinking about you know Kamala and also Shang Chi. I think it's, um, you know. In like the last, you know, however long the MCU's been around, I think the, the the two driving forces when you when you look at like the technology and stuff, it's been like science and mm. a little bit of psychology, right? Um, for and this is a feeling that I got from Shang Chi when I was watching it also, and I think for for Miss um, Marvel probably because this is something that I was looking for, but it feels like this is how Marvel is like tackling spirituality, you know, yeah. in a certain mm-hmm. way. Um, I think maybe Loki was a part of that also. And maybe, you know, I think if they can figure that out in phase four, I, I, you know, I think that that is a direction that they should kind of follow through because what else is kind of left? You know what I mean? Like a lot of cool stuff has already happened. Um, And and I think that because the audiences have matured with the MCU, they can kind of look at these more serious topics in this way. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. They've, um, it's kind of great because they've already too, like, uh, I don't know if y'all seen the new Thor movie, but you know we got a ton of gods in that movie too. We got uh, who was it like uh, uh, Talrit and uh, oh who is it Amrit and you know all of them in uh, Moon Knight like the oh, Egyptian yeah, gods. Yeah, yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Oh. So it seems like they're heading like in a different direction with that. And plus, we're headed like to the the cosmos, as they call oh, it, shit. too. So yeah, it looks like they're it looks like they're gonna lean into it at least. And I think they definitely should because you know you've done so much street level stuff this first like yeah. <laughs> three phases that you might as well like shoot for the stars now you've got the multiverse in it so like there's literally there's no limit on what you can do so <laughs> exactly, you might as well yeah. do it <laughs> yeah and i think one thing i thought of when you were talking about you know uh kamala and both shang chi having this feeling of like they have their part supernatural part earth and so they mm-hmm. get to tap into both it also is a it's a a a direct reflection of their identities as an Asian American um, living, you know, as a Chinese person living in mm-hmm. San Francisco and having this hidden identity as a Pakistani growing up in New Jersey, having this like other side of your life. I think it's just a, a perfect like parallel to that. And I think it's, mm-hmm. it's like this idea of you can <laughs> tap into both. And when you put both together, it's beautiful, supernatural things can happen when you find the balance of, of both of those worlds. I just, ugh, what a great exactly. show. I speak when we, ABC. <laughs> <laughs> when, when, when I heard the word gin on screen, I lost my fucking mind. Like I was like, <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe they said gin. Is that, is that something that's in the comic books? Yeah. So in the comics, they're like, they, uh, I think it's episode, oh, either two or three. I think maybe three. When, um, Najma and the other clandestine come. Mm-hmm. She kind of says, like, well, we've been called this, called that. And then she says, and we also, you know, most commonly called yeah. Jen. They uh in comics, clandestine also like they have their own like little, you know, comic book run that like yeah. no one read, but you know, they're, they're like their own thing too. And then the uh unseen or uh this like race of like aliens, I think, in the comics. So like they all that stuff is like basically her saying, like, you know, it's been we've been called like all these different things, almost kind of like yeah. linking them up. So like they've all been mentioned in the comics. It's just like not in this way. So that's another example of like the show kind of retconning the comics to like make it fit like oh so perfectly the way they did. Gotcha. Oh, God. It's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, what a what a great show. All right, let's talk about some of the side characters um, on in the show because uh, mm-hmm. we meet a lot of her community and they're a big part of who she is. Um, who were some of your favorite people that were not Gamala Khan on this show, Kendra? Ooh, um, real. I really liked Bruno. I liked the way that they used Bruno because. I felt like that was supposed to be the uh, the person watching like from the outside who like doesn't necessarily uh, like know the ins and outs of the culture, but is still mm-hmm. like wanting to participate in a way. Cause like, I loved it. Like he still learned the dance for the wedding. He was still asking when they were doing the uh, rehearsal, they were, he was still asking like all these questions, like, no wait, why'd they take his shoes and like stuff like that. So it made mm-hmm. me, I feel like not only is it making them like, physically explain it to the viewing audience it also like made me like oh i wonder what like that it almost made me like me act as if i was bruno in a way because mm-hmm. like i was texting you i'm like wait what does this mean when you know someone's going <laughs> to like we have a spark a whole conversation so i like the way they use bruno like in a sense of the show and plus i think i can't prove it but i think that he's gonna pop up elsewhere in the mcu i would hope because he has some like some some wakanda ties in the comics like he has this whole like scholarship where he goes to wakanda and obviously uh-huh. he's gone to you know he's gone to caltech in uh in the the actual show and you know at the end of black panther they made that 
like school in California. So I'm like, I don't know. I feel like that's a little close right there. So maybe I don't know. Oh so I'm hoping, God. yeah, I'm hoping maybe that pops up. You know, he's a smart dude. And if you're going to learn from anybody, learn from Shuri. She knows it all. Yeah. Yeah. Where, but where is Caltech, Raheel? In California? No, I know it's in California. <laughs> I'm saying which, which city is it? Because I believe, I believe it's in the Bay Area. Well, that's very exciting because mm. Shang-Chi, hi. And then also Ant-Man and the Wasp, hello. Mm. Yeah, and also, I think the uh, um, Bruce Banner has ties to that area also. Oh, guys. West Coast Avengers, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so exciting. There we oh, go. Oh. Um, did you feel like Gamran's ending was a, a good one for the, the, the series or a season finale? I want... So, Maybe y'all can help because I was a little confused. Did Najma like did she sacrifice herself to like give him her energy? Or I didn't know if she like actually like physically went inside of him and like they're like this one person now. I don't know. And I don't even I my biggest thing that I was wondering about him was that whether or not he's like now confirmed as a mutant too. Cause you know, in the comics he's an inhuman as well. So I'm like, I wonder if that means he's a you know, maybe we got two mutants out of this and no one's just paying attention to him. I don't know, but I I like I like that uh he's now like linked to uh Kareem, you know, in uh Karachi. I kind of like that for him. I like that story. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's almost like a band of people that like don't necessarily have a a, a family kind of coming together to make a family. So mm-hmm. I always like that kind of story that goes on. So I I, I think I liked his ending. I just want to yeah. know, like, I need clarification about whether or not like Najma still in there somewhere like they kind of <laughs> they yeah, keeps me up at night <laughs> the only thing I could think was that you know we do see in episode five that sort of the linking of the bangle and the powers of it kind of end end with Kamala because I don't mm. think we ever got the idea that Kamala's Nani ever had any powers we just know that she knew right. the stories and she had the bangles but she never possessed the powers it's not until you know, Aisha says that what you seek seeks you mm-hmm. and Kamala transports to the partition trains that all of these things start to happen, right? It's because she knows mm-hmm. that she needs to do this as she's dying. She needs to think about her future as she's dying and protecting her child as she's dying in order for that power to almost get to Kamala right Mm -hmm. like or to to, or to be activated in the person that she seeks for it to be activated and so I wonder if Najma when she sacrifices herself and she says Kamran she might have then done something to give Kamran the power that she had I don't Mm -hmm. know and it's also like I don't think it was even a power that Najma had Najma was just like strong as fuck but like she didn't have any like she didn't have any lasers shooting out so in order for Kamran to possess that Noor, which, you know, I think she asked, right? Kamala asked, does Kamran have any power since he's from here too? Mm-hmm. And she says something like, you know, you went through an event that caused this to get activated. So we're just waiting for that moment for Kamran. He might feel something one day and it might happen. So mm-hmm. maybe that's what happened. Uh, I don't know. I don't I'll know. Go, I'm, I'm on board. I'm on board with it because it was keeping me up at night because I a a couple of things were like 
Because I'm so, like, the MCU now, too, like, with time travel has gotten so, like, kind of convoluted. <laughs> like, I, I don't know what's going Right. I don't know what's going on. within. The, I was like, because when Kamala went back and was, like, in a different time period, I'm like, okay, is, is the TVA showing up at some point? Like, is Loki and Hunter B-15? <laughs> like, are they coming? Like, what's going on? So the MCU is getting kind of like, I'm, like, trying to keep up with everything. But I like the way they did that. It was almost like she did go back in time, but it was also kind of like, the bangle played a big part in that yes. so i'm like i can i can overlook that like that's that's okay with me i like the way that played in the story this so, is a, oh sorry, go sorry. Ahead. no so so that's you know i've been watching the show i was watching the show and i was mm-hmm. talking to uh talking to my co-workers about it that are big mcu fans right mm-hmm. and i think that's you know that's where it differs for for us because again i was watching it because the pakistani stuff you know i was watching the partition stuff only thinking about the partition, thinking about mm-hmm. our history with the partition and stuff like that. And when I talk to them about it, they're like, well, you know, we're trying to figure out what the train means and what the time travel means and all this other stuff. And I was like, mm-hmm. frankly, I don't give a shit. I'm right. just, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm watching this woman, like, you know, pass on her powers and guide her grandmother to her, to her great grandfather. Don't talk to me. I'm fucking crying over here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So... So I, I I hope they can untangle all that stuff for the future because I think you know if for Kamala to have a bigger role in the MCU I think that stuff has to pay off for people right mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's what like the general fandom I think that's what they're looking for yeah that's that's a great point too because one of the things that like MCU fans talk about with each other all the time is sometimes it's almost it's almost like impossible to enjoy like the moment sometimes because you're always yeah. thinking about the future yeah. and it, it's such a downfall. Cause it's like, man, I, you know, you, you want to be like in the moment so bad, but you're like, okay, did you see that in the background? Like, what does that mean for episode 12? And it's like, it's like, okay, I've got to like calm down and actually watch this. That's why like now I've gotten to the habit of where I, like the first time I watch it, I don't have phone or anything near me. I'm not doing yeah. any notes or anything. Yeah. I'm just watching it for enjoyment. And then the second time is when I'm like full on, like always sunny in Philadelphia with the chalkboard, <laughs> you know, like full on psycho mode, just like going for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, do you have questions about the partition? Cause I do want to talk about it. Cause I, I think that was another thing that I thought of, which was that, you know, like Rahil said, we had such an intense reaction to watching this because this is mm-hmm. a story that literally nobody has ever heard. It's only something that I could explain to someone when someone says you're Indian. Right. And I'm like, well, I'm not because <laughs> stuff happened and my family moved to Pakistan and it's like very complicated. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like that's the only time I ever really get to explain the difference between Pakistanis and Indians and why it matters and all of these things. Right. So um, I think that that was something that we had an emotional reaction to. And it's like mm-hmm. Raheel said, like it's so bold and it, the, that they had the audacity to say, this is our story and this is how our stories, uh, you know, fit into our superhero stories what i love about the partition is that we talk a lot as uh south asians about the trauma right and i mean Mm -hmm. this exists in the black community any community that has ever been marginalized that has ever been through anything the jewish jewish community feels it Mm -hmm. with the holocaust anything anytime you have you know these stories of your ancestors going through these things your elders go through these really horrible things it bleeds into the dna of our people right Mm -hmm. because 
the elders, they go through it. They kind of tell their kids about it. Their kids grow up with very angry parents because they're <laughs> going to therapy. And then the kids are confused. And then they're like kind of angry too. And then they become our parents. And we're like, what the hell? And then we go through therapy. And then we try to talk to our parents about it. And they're like, shut the hell up. We're not talking about these things. And then finally, when everybody is like too old to remember, they finally decide to sit down and talk to you about it. You're like, what the fuck? Why didn't anybody say anything? Right. Mm -hmm. And I think like this, this is a great example. The show is a great example of like how important these stories are to tell because a lot of it is obviously extremely heartbreaking. But I think that there is so much empowerment that you can get from hearing the stories of the struggles of the people who came before you. Like mm -hmm. our traumas, traumas are baked into our DNA. But if somebody was to tell us why they are, right, mm -hmm. we could turn those, we could course correct or we could turn those stories or break those cycles, right? And I think that hearing, seeing that this story where her powers came to being were because a woman decided, a woman decided in that moment that the only thing that mattered to her was knowing that the future of her family is okay, right? Like mm -hmm. when Aisha is dying, all she is thinking about is like that would see, which you seek, seeks you. Mm -hmm. What it, does she seek? She seeks a safe haven for her family. Mm -hmm. She seeks a future where her husband and her child are safe. And what is seeking her? Her future, her granddaughter. So her granddaughter literally comes to save to seek her. Kendrick, side note, me, it's a me and you joke. This is what made me laugh. I was like, it reminded me of your grandmama, the baby. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I had to stop myself from saying it on the episode because I was like, no, I did. No one understand it except like. <laughs> I will send you a link. It is Jocelyn from Love and Hip Hop. She says the thing. It's ridiculous. I couldn't stop thinking about your grandmama, the baby. Because <laughs> her grandmama was the baby. Um, but <laughs> that is like a joke that only like me and you and Tom Hamlet will understand. Right. Um, but, you know, I think there there is something so beautiful about the fact that when she gets there, when Kamala gets there, Aisha, as she's dying, she says, it's okay because you're here. I know everything is okay because you're here because all you ever think about is like everything must have just worked out fine for my granddaughter to be for my great granddaughter to be alive. Mm -hmm. Like that is the part that I think like real and I talked about this as we were like weeping because <laughs> the part that, that like that, you know, that makes all of the shit that our ancestors went through. That's what makes it like, it, it doesn't make, doesn't make it okay, but it makes you feel grateful for the shit that they went through. Like when you exactly. see, when you see the stuff on the trains, like, uh -huh. oh, and we talked, the reason why the trains are important is because people, people died, like people yeah. died to get to safety. That's like, and, and, yeah. and then just the final layer of that is that, you know, the fact that all of the action is led by women, everything is done yeah. by women. And so, you know, in the show, within the context of the show, that's amazing. Um, because, you know, there is, there's a lot of stuff, there's a lot of background, there's a lot of, there's been a lot of talk about, especially about brown women and, you know, how they are, how they're treated by within their own communities and, and all that stuff and how important it is for them to progress, right? Mm -hmm. um, so within the context of the show, it's important. But then if you are watching it, like, you know, I imagine you watch it, uh, Kendrick, and I know the way that we watch it is also the fact that 
the story, the episode was written by women. The the episode was directed by women. Mm-hmm. The the story comes from women. So all that stuff, you know, when and it all, you know, it all kind of leads to like the the little child following the stars to her father and like i can't i can't talk about it i'm just sitting here crying like you know it's just it's too much it means too much <laughs> yeah it's- i love one of the things that like i love nowadays about like you know people you know crap on superhero stuff so much but like mm-hmm. i love that like it's so popular now that like so many people are using these like forms of media to like actually teach people stuff that they, they wouldn't mm-hmm. learn in school. Like they would never learn it in school. And like, I related this like part of the show, like episode five, like learning about the partition. I related it to, uh, I don't know if y'all watched the Watchmen on HBO a few years ago. Oh, it's my the brother's best, show. Um, you the, know best, the best mini series I've ever seen. Just yes. incredible. My, like my favorite, I have to do a rewatch like every three months or I'm not okay. Like, but the thing I related to is that like so many people would not have known about the Tulsa race massacre had it not been for that show. So like, I love that like these like superhero shows in general are like using their platform to like actually teach people about stuff that like, no, like schools are not teaching us about any of this. Like we're learning like stuff about, no, we're like what using our TI calculators to play video games in school. We're not (laughs) learning about anything that we need to be actually learning about. (laughs) The one, the one episode, and I know this is a big sidetrack, but the one episode in The Watchmen, I think it's called "This Beautiful Being," should be required watching for everybody. Mm-hmm. It is a perfect hour of TV. It's like it's oh, it's oh, I saw like I lo- if I don't watch it like every like quarter, I'm like not okay. Like I, I'm already like <laughs> King's biggest fan, but like I just lo- everything about it like such perfect. a badass. Oh, oh yes. my god. Perfection. <laughs> I should watch that, huh? Yeah, you really should. What are you doing? I'm a piece of shit. Okay, I'm Love and hip hop can wait. What are you watching? <laughs> no, for, 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 for real. Listen, everything has its place. Okay, relax. relax. Okay. Um, I know I'm a completionist and I have the Watchmen book, which I believe Rahil is yours that I have. Yes. And then I was like, I'm going to read that. And then I'm going to watch the movie. And then I'm going to watch the TV show. And my husband's like, I've been hearing this shit for 15 years. So <laughs> you got you to gotta get a move on this. Um, but yeah, I know. I know. I need to watch it. Um, you know, uh, I, I want to um, talk a little bit about the music. Oh, but before I do, real, do you have a favorite character from the TV show? Uh, well, so I really like Bruno. I like the dad a lot. Um, but I think, you know, overall, just seeing uh, Aisha, right? Yeah. The character of Aisha, just that entire episode, just it just meant a lot to me. What's in it, Kamran? Right, Kamran yeah. can get fucked. I've been in a competition <laughs> with that with that kind of character my entire life. Like a <laughs> like a beautiful badass with a British accent. I can't compete with that. You're a real Bruno. I'm a real Bruno. Yeah, I'm a yeah. big sidekick <laughs> energy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about the music. So. Um, one of the things that was really, really, really uh, amazing for South Asians that were watching this show was the music. This, and also, I'm not Egyptian or Arab, but watching uh, um, Moon Knight. Moon Knight also had ten out of ten music. The yes. music in Moon Knight was amazing. I was like, I would just pl- let the credits roll because I was like, it's so beautiful. Um, but on this show there was a lot of really intentional music used. And mm-hmm. one of the songs that Rahil mentioned that they played in the finale, right, is when they have that little device, Bruno's, it's Bru- basically Bruno's version of Alexa. 
mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. it's playing this like really really old school song. It is a really old Pakistani song called Coco, Coco Corina, yeah. and it's I I thought it was interesting to talk about that song because of the lyrics of that song and because it was used multiple times. So we heard this song, I think, in the beginning, in the first episode. We also heard it when she was in Pakistan, and then we heard it at the very end on this episode. And the lyrics of the song literally are like, there's a girl who's wonderful, and she's on my mind, but she lives really, really far, and I don't know where she is and I don't know what her address is, but I know her name is Coco Corina, right? Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about like, could this be a reference to Carol Danvers, who's always on Kamala's mind, who she's mm. obsessed with, who she thinks is wonderful, but she doesn't know and nobody knows where she is, right? Like no one knows where the fuck Carol is. Right. So like <laughs> I thought maybe that's a little bit of a reference to or maybe it's a reference to Kamala herself, who is this girl yeah. that nobody really knows anything about. But I just thought it was like a, a really really cute little song it makes me wonder i wonder if uh there's a scene in the first episode i wonder if they played it in the background of there where she's in the back seat i think they're going to take her driving test and she's in the back seat like they're on either the way home or the way to there and she's kind of daydreaming out the window and she like sees that animation of carol in the sky i almost wonder if it's playing in the background there because it would make a lot of sense like hearing about that song i know Ooh, that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. What a little Easter egg if I accidentally found it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the credits of every single episode had a very specific uh, Pakistani song playing. Mm-hmm. The very first episode, the ending song, and I think it's really cool also, Kendrick, because the writers, the showrunners specifically used a lot of young artists and they used a lot of like their art. They used a lot, they used anything they could to you know support brown businesses like even in the finale when they're um trying to run away from damage control from the mosque and the imam takes out these two hats and the hats say halal and haram on them and he puts them on bruno and gamran my friend makes those those are his hats and so like the fact that they just decided we're gonna prop that business up because it's a young pakistani artist right like they made a lot of intentional moves in including a lot of that stuff, which I think is like amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what you do. That's what you do for your your peoples. But um, in the very first episode, the credits, the last song, the credit song is Rosie by Eva B. Eva B is a female rapper from Pakistan mm-hmm. and she raps entirely in Urdu and she's like kind of a badass and she's 100 percent badass covers her face so nobody's ever seen her face so she covers her face and she wears hijab but she also has tattoos so she's like kind of edgy <laughs> and the song rosie is it rosie literally means earning you're your earning <laughs> And the song itself is about women working as hard as men, but not getting the recognition that men get. Mm. And that was on the very first episode, which I thought was really cool. Then episode two, where Kamala is like getting her powers and feeling herself and feeling like a badass. 
The very last song is a song called Piche Heart, which roughly translates to move, bitch, get out the way. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. <laughs> And it's like another like young, cool kids song. Um, episode three is where I believe she gets to meet Najma and gets to figure out a little bit more about herself. Mm-hmm. And it's, the ending is a song called uh, For Aisha, which is pretty appropriate because she yeah. about Aisha. But the lyrics of that song translate to, I've lived my entire life and I've soaked all the light of this world. Very appropriate for this series and for what she's learning around there. Um, Episode four actually didn't have any end credit music because I think it was uh, it was too sad. It's where uh. she ended up waking up in the middle of like the partition and is it's like horrified at the sight that she's seeing. Um, but episode five, which was, you know, the entire story of Aisha and Hassan and how they get together and how they end up on those trains and how they're trying to grow a family. And like Rahil said, it's an episode that was written by women, directed by a woman. Um, it's about women. The ending song is a song called Thujum. And it Jum, Thujum basically tra- translates to like dance like no one's watching. Mm. And the song itself is by two women who were sort of like black sheeps of Pakistani music industry. So one woman, her name is Nasibo Lal, and she's kind of like... She was kind of like a folk singer. She's a folk singer, but she's saying really racy songs that they would specifically play in. Like, what? How? What's a mudra over here? Like, what would you call that? Like a uh, a brothel. A brothel <laughs> song that they play in brothels. And yeah. then the other woman on that song is a woman named uh, Abda Praveen, who is this like really amazing non-binary. Like, she's a woman, but she's I. She she uh, she shows quite non-binary like she has always dressed like a man she has more of a masculine voice and she's been very very um open about the fact that like when anybody asks her about her identity or her family or her children or her husband she doesn't talk about any of it because she's like all you should know me for is my art and Mm -hmm. And she's also been very big on, like, just because I'm, like, a, an extremely famous, iconic folk and pop star in Pakistan doesn't mean that you get to have access to anything about me and or that you get to sexualize me. And she's been very, like, public about it. But the song itself, uh, so these are, like, two very iconic women. And the song itself is basically about, like, the world will always view you as too crazy. And so if you keep trying to seek validation or happiness from the world... It's not worth it, so you should just find your own and you should dance like no one's watching. Yeah. 
के दुनिया राजी करके कमले फिर भी चैन नहीं होना सारी खुशियां मिल जावड़ते पिछे की रह जाना सारी खुशियां मिल जावड़ते पिछे की रह जाना तेरे बस में कुछ भी नहीं है दिल में समझावा तू So when that played at the end of that episode, obviously I was just like weeping. <laughs> Which episode was that after? Was it that six? That was after or... episode five. Five. And so okay. that was the episode where you know Aisha, where where your grandmama's a baby, where Alma <laughs> saves her grandma. Um, and then and then episode six was just so fun. But there was one particular um, song at the uh, at the scene when. Everybody's when they're home aloneing and they're mm. beating up all the bad guys and they're setting up all their booby traps and it's sweatshop boys. So, Kendra, do you know about the sweatshop boys? I've uh, heard of them like as I'm like you know I, whenever Marvel something is like airing, I like fan out and watch like everything on the internet. So like in my like research of the show, I've like seen everyone talk about how like amazing the sweatshop boys are. <laughs> well, so it's it's Riz Ahmed, it's his rap group. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so and like the particular verse that's playing when they're setting all this stuff up is about his Pakistani identity. And he's rapping a lot about being Pakistani. I'm Prince Nassim when he had it, but I'm baffled, unraveling because I still love hate. What I see in the mirror whenever I see my face, I think, what if I was fairer skin, had less of the melanin? Would I get more work or would I not be with anything? Because right now, I'm the king of my pigeonhole. Big fish in the trickle of piss on the road. I went to hit the back of the net, but the fishermen don't want me, they let me go. Fish off the phone. It gets into your head like going from Rizvan to Riz Ahmed. Did I edit myself or did I get him to stretch with a Karachi kid on the red carpet? And so carpet? there's these very intentional moves that the showrunners made about with the music that like mm-hmm. elevated the show in a different way for a lot of people that were South Asian that were watching it, which I just thought was fantastic. The other guy in Switch Up Boys is um, from uh, Heems, right? From Last Race. Yeah. He's from Heems, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, so it's like amazing. Yeah, Riz Ahmed, aka uh, what's his face from Venom, right? <laughs> Can never Which, remember his name from that great HBO miniseries, The Night of. That's what it was. Oh yeah, Not another great HBO. HBO does a good miniseries. Yeah, yeah, really good. Yeah. When Riz Ahmed, when my kids were watching Venom, which I don't think is an appropriate movie, but my kids love it, uh, <laughs> and I let them watch it. When they watched it and they found out that like the bad guy is Pakistani, my son literally said, I didn't know that Pakistanis could be in Spider-Man movies. <laughs> which is like <laughs> gutting, but also like so right. sweet. That, like, right. You know, that can happen. But, um, but yeah, I just... The eyes of a child. The eyes of a child, exactly. <laughs> uh, Real, do you have any other thoughts about the music? No, I just, you know, a lot of it was very... It, it, there was, like, a very good mix of, obviously, very cool music, cool new music. But then there's also, like, all these old songs, right? Um, yeah. That, uh, I don't remember... It, is it Coco Corina when she's walking through Jersey City in the first episode? I think so, yeah. Pick? 
Yeah, that's when I was like, oh my god, this is so cool. Um, and then there's, I don't, I remember all of the songs, but there's, you know, a, a bunch of like the old ones that, that I was like, okay, so, you know, they're, I just, again, I, I appreciated the effort that they made to kind of reach out to different generations also, because, mm-hmm. you know, this is like the first, it's the first Marvel show that I, I that I, that I told our mother to watch, right? I was like, mm-hmm. you gotta watch this because there's something in it for her. Um, so, and I, and I think the creators were aware of that. So they, you know, they, 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 they tried their best to kind of hit as many generations as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Our mom loves it. She's just, I think she's on like episode three or four and she was like, Oh my God, when Kamala rolls her eyes, I feel like I'm looking at your face. So I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I, I feel like when Black Panther came out, like I can, I can never convince anyone to go see a Marvel movie with me. So it's usually like me or like my two best friends will like come into town if it's a really big one. And then like, we'll see it together. But like, I, I could never convince my family to go see Marvel movies. But when Black Panther was announced, like they wanted to like buy pre-tickets and like, all, like all kinds of stuff. I'm like, Oh, look at y'all now. So yeah. suddenly everyone's interested. <laughs> <laughs> But also, also secretly loved it because I finally had someone like actually go and geek out with at this movie. So, <laughs> do you feel like since back Black Panther, a lot of those viewers have kind of like fallen off? Do you feel like there's more of an interest in it now? Uh, a little of both, because I feel like uh, most people are going to see it because they they know that like uh, when you have something with like. Uh, people that aren't just like, you know, white men as the lead, their particular community is going to go and see it to support yeah. it. Because we know for a fact that like, whether it's uh, a black lead, Latino lead, whatever the lead is, we know that like, it has to be, it has no choice but to be successful if we want to see it again. Exactly. So most people like are going to go try and support it. Like regardless, it just happened like this one was like, a cog in like the biggest machine in the world so like yeah. we're gonna you know a lot easier of a sale than like a lot of other stuff is maybe so i feel like a lot of people like got interested in it after that because you know some uh saw what was it uh captain america civil war so like most of the regular fans saw that but then they were like oh my god black panther's in this one like watch that yeah. and then that kind of piqued their interest and then black panther sold them so then it's like okay let me go back and watch these. But that was back when you could like catch up on Marvel stuff. Like yeah. you gotta go, you gotta go deep into it now. Like you gotta go watch 38 movies and 15 TV shows, like in order to be caught up before She-Hulk now. So yeah. it's a little I mean, it's, a little more difficult, but it's not impossible as somebody not who impossible. Did watch eight years of Marvel in like a week. There you go. <laughs> and it's and a, you know, it's a fun and, day for me. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and and I think it is that part, right, where you know that as, uh, you know, whatever whatever community is being represented, right, and you know that, okay, this is a big deal. Um, I think that's what makes, like, picking the right creators for this stuff so important because mm-hmm. just like Black Marvel and Shang-Chi and Miss Marvel, all of these shows, they're entertaining and all that stuff, but they also have something to say. I think that's what people really took away from uh, from Black Panther was okay. So there's it's entertaining. This you know the the leads are great um, and all that stuff. But at at its core, it has like an interesting thing to say. That's what I've seen from Miss Marvel. Also, there's mm-hmm. there is a conversation about you know how you about about Muslims being uh, uh, you know being under uh, being monitored and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it, again, it's really cool that. 
the, the, the folks that do get this opportunity are making the most of it. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I so I unlike you guys actually loved Loki, but now that I've watched <laughs> like um now that I've watched this show and even watching um Hawkeye, I'm not as much interested i mean even though i am very interested in like the the looping and the timelines and all that stuff i Mm -hmm. think that stuff is really cool i think the idea in loki that was so amazing to me was this opportunity you get to meet every single version of yourself and you get to decide whether you want to what you want to use that to empower you or for that to bum you out right like so I love that idea, and I think that that's also extremely interesting, and Tom Hiddleston is very easy on the eyes. So <laughs> I did very much enjoy it, but now watching these stories and they talk more about like the community you come from and your background and your identity, I think that that stuff is also so interesting because you're now tapping into an entire world that people have never experienced. Like, I still think that the most exciting thing that's happening right now is that we have a bunch of Marvel characters that are not white and it's not based in America. And Mm -hmm. these are stories that get to show you an entire other culture. And it's so fascinating that comic books don't just happen in America. Like comic book characters don't just exist in in the Western world. They exist everywhere. And Mm -hmm. now we get to explore that and we get to see how that fits in. Like, like they, like Waleed said, you know, if you, if Thor came to the Himalayas, He'd be called a gin. That's mm-hmm. that's the case anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just ah, I can't wait. Also, you know, uh, Simo Liu and Iman Delani are both Canadians from Toronto, so I feel like they're probably already planning stuff. Right. <laughs> I <laughs> love it. Thoughts? Give me whatever y'all are planning. I want it. Yeah. Any <laughs> other thoughts, guys? Go. If y'all, anyone listening, if you haven't, if you want to like get into comics, I feel like Miss Marvel is a great one to start with. Like she has a lot of great like mini series and stuff that you can jump into. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say pick one up. If you like the show, you'll love the comics. I mean, it's amazing. Just good stuff all around. So go check it out. Go read a comic. Go read. Go read. Go read with pictures. Read with pictures. Kendrick, you're a delight. Can you tell everybody where, uh, where, and what they should be listening to? Give us some recs. Give us your tags. Give us your Instagram. Everything. Of course. You can find me probably everywhere you find a reality is. So uh, Apple, Spotify, Google, iHeart, all those places. Reality and Comics 2, or just search my name, Kendrick Tucker. Uh, Find me on Instagram at Reality Comics 2. And if y'all are looking to jump into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I just say just start. Start at the beginning. It's all, all, almost, almost all on Disney+. Plus. So if you pay that, what, $7 a month, you got access to all 6,000 Marvel movies that you need to watch before August when She-Hulk comes out. So go check it out. <laughs> go check it out. The $6 a month or if you just steal it from your sister like I do. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> Even better. Um, wait, are we excited about the She-Hulk? I'm concerned. Yeah, concerned. <laughs> love, love Tatiana Maslany, but... That CGI hey, had me a little stressed out in that trailer. Yeah. It gave me, it gave me, do you remember ever seeing the initial Sonic that they made for the Sonic Yes. <laughs> Evil like, Sonic, Whoa. yes. <laughs> the Sonic with the fangs. Yeah. I don't know why he had such sharp teeth, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Very scary. Right. It's like Ang Lee's Hulk. 
Remember, yes. Angley Talk? Remember, after I watched the first thing, like the first trailer for that, I read a comment that said, "Yo, Shrek's a badass." Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny because, like, I feel like I've recorded so much this week. I think that's the third uh, Ang Lee Hulk reference that I've gotten this week, and that's hilarious oh, really? to me. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Definitely go and check out Kendrick's podcast. And you know what I'm going to do is I'm planning to see. I'm actually trying to get my brother to see Thor with me this weekend, and then after I watch it, I will be listening to your episode on Thor. Love and Thunder. How, actually, just real quick, just your uh, your grade for Thor: Love and Thunder. Oof. Okay. I give it. Oh my god, my dog is sneezing in the background right now. Uh, I give it solid B, 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 B minus somewhere around there. It's gotcha. really, really great movie. It could have stood to be like thirty minutes longer. Would have probably made it perfect. I would have needed a little see more. You know, of the the actual villain in the movie doing his thing, and. Uh, I really it was just a lot a, a ton of jokes like back to back to back to back to back which wow. is like what Thor has kind of become but if they had taken out like maybe like 20% of the jokes and like made it like 30 minutes longer it would have been like way better in my book still a great mm-hmm. I mean still go see it it's got, got a lot of great parts in it did you like it better than multi, uh, Madness of the Multiverse or whatever the Doctor Strange okay. movie I, people are like, either you love it or you hate Multiverse of Madness. I loved Multiverse of Madness. Like, that is my, I know, that's my jam. Like, I, you know, I, I told y'all, I'm a Scarlet Witch fan. So, like, I've been rooting for her to become a villain for I don't know how long, since like Age of Ultron. I was like, yes, way more of that, except a lot stronger. So, I've been, I've been wanting that. And so, like, that was great for me. I didn't go into it with nearly as many high expectations as most people because, like, the press was like, oh my God, there's, eight trillion cameos in this movie and stuff. And I'm like, yeah. oh, you gotta you gotta parse through a lot of that crap to kind of enjoy stuff nowadays. So but I liked it. If you I will say I liked it when I saw it in theaters my second time a lot more than I liked it my first time. The first mm-hmm. time I was like, oh that was good. You know, like that was a really solid story. I liked it. But then the second time when I had like no expectations, I just wanted to enjoy the movie a whole lot better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I heard about I heard about the cameos beforehand. But then when I saw them, I actually got like angry. I was like, "Oh, so <laughs> Disney's just showing me. Disney's just like, oh, look at all these properties we own now. Look yeah. at all this fuck shit that we bought, and that yeah. we're gonna throw it up on the screen." I was like, "Fuck off!" Exactly. Yeah. 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 Do you enjoy Jim from The Office? Well, he is. <laughs> Man, Mary, I beg you, I beg you.